Seltzer Kings Podcasts. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys. A podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys are watching romantic comedies. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin. Like Cher. What? One name. <laughs> My name's John Sieber, and uh, I'm excited to be here tonight. Yeah. I'm very excited. We're the Roberts the Renegades. Renegades. Yeah, totally. Yeah, what up, you two? Roberts Renegades coming at you. Um, yeah. uh, what are we doing tonight? We're we, on a new journey. Yeah, we are going to a wedding tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to a wedding. Is it my big fat Greek one? It's not that. We've already been to that wedding. Is it one that Fucking I'm stinky Spanakopita planning? Wedding? Feta What's the Adam Sandler movie wedding? Is it a singer? It's not the wedding singer. No. 41st dates. Are we crashing weddings? Nope. What are we doing at this wedding? Is it, uh, uh, is there a funeral involved? Are there three other weddings and a funeral involved? No. Nope. Keep guessing. Is it, uh, is it, um, is Margot at this wedding? Who's Margot? Nope. Not that one. Is it uh is it a soup that has those little little Italian sausages in there? <laughs> Italian wedding soup? Yeah. That's nope. the movie we're watching. That's what? <laughs> we're just gonna watch someone cook Italian wedding Emerald soup. Emerald Gazi on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Romantic. We're going song. to my best friend's wedding. My we're going to my best friend's, friend's wedding. wedding. Yeah. Um who's seen my best friend's wedding? Uh I've never seen it. Kevin? I have not. Virgin Eyes. Virgins across the board. I've never seen this movie either. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I um, I just saw it. I think it was like the twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary. A few. Wait, so you saw it? No, there's a bunch of articles about it, Uh like two months ago or three months ago. And I remember at the time, I was like, I did not realize it was that iconic or that like. Yeah, I remember. I mean, obviously, then I look at the poster and I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that poster forever. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I've, I know nothing about this movie. That's going to be a theme here, folks. <laughs> I know that uh, Rupert Everett is in it. Who is Rupert Everett? <laughs> he is uh, Hugh Grant Light. Diet oh, Hugh Grant. Okay. Okay. Dude, what a great name. Rupert. Sounds, he is he sounds British? Like a professor at Hogwarts. Rupert Everett. Yeah. He's British, right? Yes. It's a very British name. Yes. Rupert Everett. Rupert Everett. Yeah. He sounds like the new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor yeah. at Hogwarts. <laughs> also, the other person that's in this is Dermot Mulroney. Once yeah. again, Hogwarts Fucking, professor. He's Fucking American, Raven, though. Raven Dermot Claw. Mulroney. He went to... Uh, I know that he went to... I think he went to Northwestern University. Oh, Evanston, Illinois. Yeah. 
Evanston, Illinois. Shout out. Also, Shout out uh, where Seth Myers. Uh, where, Steve, Stephen Colbert, a bunch of like comedy people went to college there. It's where um, Sandy Sieber went to high school. Your mom. Oh yeah. Oh wow. She was a wild kit. Cat. Wild cat is Evanston or Northwestern. Wild kit is Evanston High School. Like like their kittens. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney was in Young Guns. I just realized that. I mean, what a stupid name when there's someone named Dylan McDermott out there. <laughs> it's true. Uh, also, Cameron Diaz is in this movie. What? Cameron Diaz is in this movie. Yeah, hmm. totally. Okay. Oh, that. Wait, are we watching The Mask? I wish. I Dude, wish we were watching The Mask. Is awesome. Yeah. Um, is that a romantic comedy? Uh kind of. You know what's crazy is okay. This movie is is directed by P.J. Hogan. Mm-hmm. The movie he directed before this was Muriel's Wedding. He's and then he directed My Best Friend's Wedding. Which was so. What year did this movie come out? This movie came out in 1997. And then he directed Mortal oh. Kombat Annihilation. Is that true? No, I mean okay. So 1997. <laughs> so it was just it was the 25th anniversary. Yeah, we just wow. had the 25th anniversary of this movie. Yeah, that's true. Damn. That's um, crazy. Yeah, totally. What, what is the way, what is this movie about? Uh, what are you guessing? Uh, I, you know, I think it's about going to the wedding of your best friend and like kind of an always a bridesmaid, never a yeah. bride. That's that's my, without really knowing much about it before the watch, that's so what I'm thinking. Cameron Diaz is her best friend and... Julia Roberts is is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Well, I feel like just based, even though they're both like elevens, I feel like it's probably like Cameron Diaz is like the the hot friend, best and, friend, and Julia Roberts is like cute, even though and like can't find a a man or something. So it's Julia Roberts' wedding. Cameron Diaz is the like maid of honor, yeah. or something like that, who no, falls in love with. No, I'm saying it's the, Cameron Cameron Diaz's wedding and Julia Roberts is like the cute best friend who like can't land someone. And then does she fall in love with, with Cameron Diaz's spouse? Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. And then it's like, I do I tell him or not? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I had just thought it was like, yeah, I don't know what I thought it was. I had only gotten as far as like, it's my best friend's wedding. I'm losing a best friend. Ah, like that's what, kind of what I thought. Oh, that's good. That's like when I think like, oh, my best friend's wedding. Like I'm not getting married, and now I'm losing the one person that I really like. I remember you guys sharing that with me when I got married. That you guys were yeah losing me as a friend. Yeah, I was so pissed at Katie. <laughs> I was like, I went all the way to Kentucky. And I was so pissed at you that I, I drank whiskey at, <laughs> at your wedding. John had a great whiskey uh, tasting. Thing. Didn't didn't even taste any of the whiskey. Yeah. Believe I tasted all four of them. Oh, I forgot um, about that part. Yeah. You also, you also, well, you're wearing a shirt that's from your wedding, sort of. This is literally, I didn't even, this is where we got married. Lost Whoa. River Cave. Lost River Cave in Kentucky. Yeah. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. Wait, I have a, I have. Established 1792. I have a, um. You can't establish a cave. The cave would be pissed. They'd be like, uh, we've been here longer than that, bitch. This is thousands of years of erosion. Yeah. Look at the fucking stalactite and tell me this is from 1792. How do you remember that a stalactite hangs from the ceiling? Um, I, I didn't know. I always thought it was like tight top. It holds on tight to the ceiling um, or else it'll fall. What about the mite from the ground? Don't know. You might, might, you might trip on it. Yeah, you might. Yeah. You might impale yourself. Yeah, if you, you fall might, on you it. You might trip and die. Yeah. 
Corey, how much uh, how much money are we talking with this movie? Let me look it up. Let's see. Sorry, it sounded like I was annoyed. I was not annoyed. I was just like, <laughs> do you know what's Do you know what's going to be funny about like with the new way that analytics work? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that there used to be a very much like budget return on investment that like everyone right. talked about. Like it was normal for some reason. It was normal coffee talk for everyone to just be like, yeah, that made this much like. It's just weird that we're so obsessed or were so obsessed with right. box office. Do you think that's because we contribute? Like if we saw the movie, we contributed to its success. Well, you, you paid for a ticket. Yeah. yeah. So you were I, like, yeah, did I, was this money worth my, was this movie worth my money to go pay to see? But like what, what your question is like, why are we so obsessed with it? Or were well, we? It, it, it we still are. We, we are, but now uh, like the power of the dog, they made for $50 million, but it's only on Netflix and the box office didn't matter. So now all of the box office returns are, are not exactly what they are because people, Apple spends tons of money and then hopefully it's to grow subscribers. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, so it is funny that we can look at this and be like, this movie is worth $40 million and it made 192. Right. And that's a thing that it will, you know, is a bit of a thing of the past. Yeah. yeah. It's a different thing now because it's like, what is any media worth anymore at all? Mm. You know, like that's a, that's a tough thing. Like and subscribe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by the way, by the way, it's a free podcast. So like, like, and subscribe. Lie or don't. It's not true. We're listening. We're watching pretty women on our Patreon. So go pretty, there. Pretty women. It's the sequel to little women, but they're all pretty, pretty women. Pretty or wait, women. is, or is this our Patreon? No, this is our main feed. We're okay. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Uh, Patreon. Oh, yeah. Pretty Women is just all... Pretty all, Women is the porn version of Pretty Woman. It's all of the March sisters, except for Joe, that ugly dog. <laughs> all right. The numbers. Uh, except for Beth, that fucking sick idiot. <laughs> <coughs> Shut up, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Glad we keep could... Going. Keep no, going. No, no. Keep going. Uh, those are the only two I remember. Well, it does Amy. Amy, you fucking hot married lady. What are the guys' names? Rupert Everett. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, budget, $38 million. Man. Pretty pretty huge budget, especially pretty huge budget today. Yeah. Back then, talking 25 years ago, that was a lot more money. Box office, $299.3 million. Ooh. Almost $300 million. That's called a fucking ROI. R-O. Yeah, totally. That's good ROI. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you say, oh, really great. R-O-I. <laughs> Man, it's a good movie. It's, it's kind of like a Pittsburgh accent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yin's got to see Boy's best friend's wedding. Oh, my God. Cameron Diaz. It's got good R. It's like almost going into an Irish accent. I think I think that's where they settled. No, I think it's Dutch. I don't know. But yeah, Pittsburgh, when you go to a, a gas station in Pittsburgh on the outskirts, you're like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> um, but that is a crazy... This was a hit. That's a that's huge wild. hit. What were movies making back then? Not 300 million, I bet. Jeez. Um, I mean, no, let, let's look up here. Keep keep the banter going real quick. I'll look well, up the, uh, the top movies of the year. Films of uh, yeah, highest... Is that Saving Private Ryan... What was that year? How did how did we get a piece of that right now? We got a Tex Roberts. <laughs> All right. Highest grossing films of of uh ninety seven. Men in Black. Ooh. Uh how much was that? Uh, see, this is weird because the good guy. Well, let's go, let's go to box Remember office. Um what oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. So 
That that's is Men in Black a rom com? Can we find an excuse to watch that? I think so. Sugar and water. <laughs> These numbers are off because uh, this is the the fucking bullshit. Box Office Mojo is saying um, total gross is one twenty seven. Hey, hey, we want worldwide. This podcast is worldwide. Yeah, I know. Box office mojo. You got to get your shit together. But we also can do just the top. We don't need to do the numbers. We just just see the top Yeah. Okay. Top films in 97. Here we go. Highest grossing films in 97. Um, Wow. Lord, what a year. A liar, liar. I'm just going to start off with that one. As good as it gets. Uh, Men in Black, Mm -hmm. The Lost World, Titanic. Jeez. The Fifth what? Element, The Full Monty. What? As good as it gets made more made $300 million? Um, That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Air, Air Force One, get off my plane. <laughs> I love that movie. Great movie. <laughs> solid, um, solid premise. I mean, Titanic became the first movie in history to pass $1 billion at, the, at the box office. $1 billion. How many times did you all see Titanic in the theater? Four. Four? Yeah. Once. Really? Yeah, I've seen it. I've I seen it like other times, times on video. But that's like that one movie where everyone our age like saw it so a many bunch times. of times because it was PG thirteen. So many times yeah. we got a. I mean, Titanic will be an epic podcast for us. That'll yeah. be really fun. Yeah, dude, um, get, it'll be so funny. We'll just we're gonna do one entire hour podcast about the guy that hits the propeller. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to. We need to get the guy who did the sound effect for that. Yeah, and be like, what was it? Was it like a bag of flour? Was it a pillow against the wall? Yeah. Uh, when I saw when I what James wanted right was kind of skull against metal, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "All right, I'll get you skull, get you metal, I, get you I, sound." I lined up ten chimpanzees. Yeah, I took chairs from a wrestling arena, one by one. I bashed their heads. They were already dead. <laughs> I killed them, but they were already dead. <laughs> You're oh. telling me we can we can experiment with shampoos and conditioners, but I can't bash monkeys' heads against chairs. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Um, I guess you don't respect foliatus. <laughs> um, that's just crazy how big this movie was. That a that because a movie like this, or as good as it gets, great movie, um, would just be such small little films now. A movie like. A movie, it's I think like this, like just a rom com. Yeah, there's not a world in which it makes three hundred million dollars, like on par with what is like the this, biggest. This, this movie now would be called Marvel's Wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just the Marvel wedding. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like all the Marvel people mm-hmm. going to a wedding together. Or I would say, I'd like, watch that. I'm not even a huge Marvel fan, but I'd <laughs> I'd watch a wedding. It's not a rom-com, but wasn't the, I feel like the most successful romantic thing as of late would be that Irish Hulu show. Oh, uh, what about like, normal people? Normal people. Crazy Rich Asians. Like, yeah. That was crazy, huge. Crazy Rich Asians. I think that, that was a rom-com, be, right? That was a rom-com. And yeah. they turned down, they turned down streaming. They turned down like more money at Netflix to be like, we want this theaters. to be a traditional release. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I saw it in the movie theaters. I saw it in the movie theaters. Um, well, should we watch? Let's watch this. Let's watch our best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. Dermot Mulroney. All right. Bye. My best friend's wedding. Directed by PJ Hogan. Childhood friends Julianne Potter, played by Julia Roberts, and Michael O'Neill, played by Dermot Mulroney, had a deal to marry each other if they were still single by age 28. 
Now, four days before her 28th birthday, O'Neill announces he's marrying a gorgeous 20-year-old named Kimberly, played by Cameron Diaz. Suddenly realizing she's actually in love with him, Julianne vows to stop the wedding at all costs. However, when she is appointed maid of honor, things get even more complex. And now, back to the boys. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. We were off. We were a little bit wrong. We we had like the pieces kind of right. In that Cameron Diaz is in it. Yes. And Julia Roberts is in it. And there's a best friend. And Dylan McRooney's in it. Yeah. Dermy McRooney. Darmon Darmon Mc McDermott. Yeah. Um Rupert Murdoch is in it. <laughs> if you would have told me that there yeah. were that the third of what we would have watched would have take place at a professional baseball game, I'd have been like, no way. Yeah. No yeah. fucking way that's happening in this movie. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. We were wrong. Okay. That's what that's what they did. They they got everyone to be like they're like, we gotta get dates. Like this <laughs> that's to make the guy happy, right? Yeah. And then I bet there was on ESPN or on on like they advertised on Freak Thomas mentioned in this hot romantic comedy. Babe, I gotta I gotta take you to this movie. It's called My Best Friend's Wedding. It's about baseball. It's about the socks. My favorite part is when he's meeting like her dad's friends or they're in the box at the socks game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, Harry and Clive, they work for Sport Magazine. Dude, I know. That was like, so that was that was such a like Aiden Sex in the City. Yeah. I work for Furniture Store. Dude, Sport Magazine. Sport That's magazine. a real magazine. Sport Magazine is? No. Sporting News was. <laughs> That's so different than that. You were like, Sport. it's a real magazine. Sorry, Sporting News, Sporting the newspaper. News. No, Sport Magazine was created look it up. by, uh, by um, Jay Gatsby. <laughs> Hey, sport. Hey. Didn't he call everyone sport or was that Nick Carraway? No, that was. Hey, sport. That's in Great Gatsby. <laughs> Nick, Nick, sport, fetch that's, the car. Come out to so East Egg. Well, um, I mean, oh my gosh, it's a real magazine. Sport, what? US Magazine was an American sports magazine launched in 1946. Um, final issue, August, August 2000. Two, dude, it was a real magazine that you sport. You think we can bring it pre- back? Predated the launch of Sports Illustrated by eight years. Yeah. Wow. Sport. Good for Sports Illustrated for being like, someone's already doing this, but we're going to do it better. Yeah, totally. I bet I bet they tricked everyone when they saw Sports Illustrated. Like, holy shit, it's Sport Magazine, but there's <laughs> pictures now. And then Sport's like, we have pictures too. We'll put it in the fucking title. <laughs> okay. 
let's 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 get into what this movie was. Um, we got Julia Roberts. Is she a food critic or like a food writer? She seems like a restaurant critic. Okay. Yeah. Would she work for Bon Appetit if she were uh, if she were around today? Uh, but maybe, maybe, possibly. I feel like I feel like they're setting her up to be something more like a smaller newspaper than the New York Times food critic. Okay. Or maybe she would work for like New York magazine. She'd work for food. Those (laughs) (laughs) Those people that work for Spork. Yeah. (laughs) I work for Spork magazine. Spork. That chef was very nervous to have her in his restaurant. I will say this from what I know about food critics, I, it usually doesn't happen where the entire kitchen looks through the window and then the food critic announces their rating at the table after their first bite. (laughs) Oftentimes, and this is true from what I've heard, like a lot of times food critics would like wear wigs. Would they wear like like, those glasses with the, with the mustache? (laughs) Yes. They do wear graduate Marsh glasses. Yeah. But like they go, like they're not, they, they try to go unannounced because they want. Which one wears wigs? I'd heard Pete Wells. Loser. I'd heard that like Pete Wells. <laughs> That's and so funny. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Babe, yeah. I have to put my wig on. Or like fake noses or whatever. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is just so funny because it's like, I mean, I'm sure they can have all the justification in the world, but it's like, that's a little bit of self-importance there that it's like, I got to put my fake nose on. Well, they're just trying to have the authentic experience. They're trying to blend in. I mean, that's so funny. When I was a, when I was a waiter, we had this thing called secret chopper and like, oh yeah, they would fill in. You had to like hit like the 15 points of the secret chopper. You had to like bring someone chips and salsa within 90 seconds of them sitting down. And if you like, if you missed, you got like reprimanded. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but it says Ruth Reichel. Ruth Reichel used to wear uh, giant floppy hats to like cover her face. Like the ones with Pluto ears hanging down that you maybe. get at Disney? Yeah. That's it, so funny. I got my hat in the soup. Um, so In uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, they were like, the whole, the original draft was all exactly the same, but instead of them, Robin Williams dressing up because he got divorced, it was just, he's, he's a, a food, food critic. Food critic. And that was it. Ooh, hello. <laughs> I'm Pete Wells. I heard uh, Pete Davidson did a joke about how he hopes that Kanye does a Mrs. Doubtfire thing. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. shows up. <laughs> anyway. um, so Roberts is a food critic. She's uh, out with her best gay friend uh, out in town. And she gets a message from her best friend saying that he needs to talk to her immediately. He's desperate. Doesn't matter what time. He's in Chicago at the Drake Hotel. And um, she tells a story about how they dated. She was madly in love with him. And they made a blood pact that they were going to get married if they both turned 28 without without being yep. married. Yep. Um, so she's still very much in love with him. She calls him thinking that like this is going to be them getting married. She finds out he is actually engaged to Cameron Diaz's character. And their wedding is going to be in like three days. Yeah. And he needs her to come to the wedding and be with him at that wedding. Right. And so she, Julia Roberts is the best friend to the groom. Not what I expected. Not the bride. And that is some conflict for real. So she shows up to Chicago um, with the sole intention of destroying this marriage, uh, exploding it before it happens. Cameron Diaz's character is like this perfect um, college student whose dad is a billionaire owner of the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, she's got her cousins, her foul mouth Southern cousins in town, her mother in town, and it's kind of like meeting the family. But uh, Julia Roberts is a spy. She is a, uh, a, a Cylon. Is that from Battlestar Galactica? I'm not sure. Uh, here to destroy the, 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 their relationship. Yeah. Because she wants to marry him? It, I, it, yes. I think from the beginning, it's, it's shown, I, at least I picked up that like once they have this phone call, she's kind of like, oh yeah, well, what about this girl? And then he's just like, I've fallen for her. She's amazing. And then that's when she's like, you're getting married. And that's when she tries to sit down on the bed and comically falls, falls off, off the bed. It was like, ooh. Yeah. And then it's that, I, that's why I was surprised. I was like, oh, and then, oh, and then she tells her friend as she's walking through the airport when she tells, uh, Rupert Murdoch, her friend, like, I've got to go break up this wedding. I've got yeah. three days to break up a wedding. Mm -hmm. So she's like on a mission to do it, which I was very surprised by. I didn't realize yeah. that was what the movie was about. And so I know Cameron Diaz asks her to be the maid of honor because I forgot why, why the other, why her other friend can't. Well, she, she's like, he, he's so important to me that like, I want you to be there because you're yeah. his I thought something happened to her friend. Did her friend? Yes. Yeah, so her friend got diagnosed with. With what? Cancer. With what? <laughs> okay. And she's like, I'm cool. getting married. I don't have time to sit by the freaking, what, give her chemo? I I got to marry Rupert, Rupert Everett, Rupert Grint. Wait, she's marrying the Dermot <laughs> Dylan McDonald. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. I don't know what happened to her friend. <laughs> so Julia Roberts goes to the White Sox game uh, and like she's like the bell of the ball. All the men love her. Her friend's dad is obsessed with her. Her friend's brother is obsessed with her. Uh, she's got moves you've never seen. That's a quote I've heard before. Mm, I've got moves you've never seen. You're right. Yeah. And then she, you're right. I feel like that's been in like an Oscar. Yeah. Like. M beloved movies like thing mm -hmm. Julia Roberts being like mm -hmm. I got moves you've never seen um, and then they go karaoke and she's just trying to like these little tricks to try to get split that relationship up so she's almost kind of like the antagonist a little bit mm -hmm. yeah um, and then um, where we ended is after making Cameron Diaz sing karaoke and embarrass herself she convinces Cameron Diaz to uh, essentially uh, get her father to offer him a job. Uh, and Julia Roberts was hoping that it would appear like she's not satisfied with the work and the job that homeboy does at sport magazine. And it's also a flip because she's like, she wants it. She wants to undermine to make it look like Cameron Diaz isn't, sat isn't satisfied with his yeah. job. And also he really likes his job, yeah. but she told Cameron Diaz he hates his job. Mm -hmm. So get him, but he won't tell you that. So get him off the road. So she's <clears> trying to like play both sides yeah. and play them against each other. Luckily, no one at this table has experience with fiancés not approving of the job that we were doing. That's true. Yeah. That, yeah. Cause that would, that would cut pretty deep if we, Welcome to Personal Moment with Kevin. I related. No. <laughs> no, but I told you. You told I, me. I mentioned it right away when, yeah. when we were, I was like, oh shit, that's like. Yeah. Is that, did that hit? Why don't you tell everyone? Well, if you, if you yeah, want, yeah. If you want to get vulnerable. If you want to get vulnerable. Also, you guys should watch the 40, the 30 year old version on mm -hmm. Amazon. Cause I believe you talk about it in that. Yeah. Kevin's comedy special. Yeah. 
and then watch the 40 year old version and then watch the 40 year old version with steve carell also on amazon prime and Mm -hmm. then watch the 30 year old version yes that's right which is or the 40 year old version it's a Mm -hmm. just a netflix movie and And then then watch the 60 year old fuck boy (laughs) a new movie that i'm producing with rupert everett (laughs) and there's a great new um sushi documentary called the 30 year old urchin (laughs) uh, that hulu put together it's with the hero dreams of sushi guy yeah i got spikes but i'm 30 (laughs) okay I taste like iron. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat my reproductive parts. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we'll... (laughs) And that was Personal (laughs) Moment with Kevin. I've never touched the button before. Holy shit. It's fun, right? Fun. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys think? (laughs) All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Well, I do think it touches at... um, I, I do think it touches something that I, this feels like more like traditional, like girls like this and guys like this. Um, but there is something like pretty fundamental to like men in their work. Mm. So it's his mm. reaction did kind of make sense. Cause he was fucking pissed and it like got to his like worth, you know, mm-hmm. that was like, it was like, you don't, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I, well, yeah. Will you share what, what happened in your experience? Well, mine was basically about a month, maybe like, maybe like eight weeks before our wedding. Uh, my ex fiance was basically like, you have to stop acting and doing comedy and you have to get like a corporate job. And, uh, not you have to, she's like, well, yeah, basically you have to, but it was basically like, you can get these uh, like corporate job and it can be like a fun one where you're like, still get to have fun and be like, use your personality, which that to me, everyone needs someone to make them laugh at the water. cooler. No, I'm not kidding. It was like, it was, that sounds like comedic. That's exactly what it was. She's like, there's tons of jobs like that. Use your personality and like, even, even get to do like the slideshow and stuff and get to do like PowerPoints and present and all this stuff. And I would, I would rather, could you imagine if you were like working at KPMG right now and just like, and <laughs> doing stand up with the slideshow? Oh, my oh that's just see, fun, funny background zoom guy. Yeah. And just like have a thing that's like, like see if there's like a little line you can cross with the clients. That's I would like, love, ah, I'm just playing. I would love to watch you. You, if you were in a corporate job, you would get dragged to HR first day. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And lo- Kevin's not creepy. He would just, you, you'd find the line. It wouldn't be like a, a, a me too thing. It would just no. be like, you know, your meme would be of, of like the naked dudes dong hanging out and they'd be yeah. like, Kevin, we can't send naked pictures of men yeah. on the company email. When I hear, yeah. When I hear about Slack channels now, I'm just like, dude, that would just be too easy, <laughs> too, too easy. Even on our group, I've gotten, I've gotten reprimanded for our group emails at the job <laughs> I'm at now, which is like. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I definitely could relate to that as a, because I've always wanted to work at comedy magazine, <laughs> magazine, but no, it was, I, I, I could relate to it and I could understand the, uh, yeah. When you said you're like, get ready, <laughs> you're like, there's like a major Kevin Doyle thing here. And I was like, oh yeah. So I do. But, but then also when we went to therapy before breaking up, the the therapist was like this is like hey if this is something that's important to you like that was kind of on her you know so it's like if this was something that was important to cameron diaz like stability yeah or or whatever 
then yeah, you have to work that out before your wedding. Mm-hmm. But now as much as like at the time it was painful, it was like, there's probably some signs that <laughs> there's probably some signs that I could have picked up on that. Like, you know, this person's not going to be chill <laughs> and like, I don't know, wants to find somebody with like a nine to five. Yeah. Who's fucking boring. Um, yeah. Or that just has a stable job. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's park ourselves in the airport for a little bit. Pre 2001 movies at the airport have such a different feel than what the airport is now. Yeah. When people were waiting outside the gate and you were meeting people and hugging people, those were the days. Dude, I had friends in high school that, like, you know, when high school kids, you just like drive around and go to the mall. I had friends that used to go hang out at the airport. Yeah. Go hang out at the airport food court. Yeah. Like it was such a different deal. And yeah, he's just walking with her. Was she smoking in the airport? She's smoking in his car. I don't think she's smoking in the yeah, airport. Yeah, smoking in the car. And there's some smoking in, in one of the restaurants yeah. that they're at. But yeah, airport, such a busier, different deal. Mm-hmm. Never, no tropes of like having to go through security. Right. Like you had to go, but it wasn't a thing. You didn't need a now. ticket. You could, just, no show, TSA, you could just show right? your... Wasn't there not? Yeah, TSA was after 9-11. TSA was after 9-11, yeah. There, there like, was security. There were like security and there was a metal detector. Yeah. Right? Think about yeah. how much fucking money we spend on TSA. When it's you, insane. Isn't it that TSA is never uh, good at their jobs? <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I mean, that's the whole joke. Their, their Instagram is pretty amazing. Their Instagram is pretty well. Yeah. The, the whole joke never, of Get Out is like, ha ha ha, yeah, totally. the dumb TSA agent yeah, yeah. solved it. <laughs> I've also, I've also yeah, heard. That's the whole joke. <laughs> I've also heard uh, that's the whole thing. That's why <laughs> the he, whole that's movie. why he wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm going to write this movie to expose of TSA. Yeah. 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 I've also heard, I've picked also, up on that one. I've also heard that there's a thing in TSA or in, in get out that it all happened in the TSA guy's head. That was a theory that someone had. Uh, yeah. I feel like everyone thinks a movie happens in everyone's head. Yeah. Is there one where it actually happens? Yeah. Which one? A few. I don't know that. And like, they're both the same person. It's like, yeah, a few movies, they're both the same person. Mm-hmm. But even our thing, we're like, you could f- justify anything to happen in people character sets because we're like Trey happened in Kristen Davis's head, right. Charlotte's head mm-hmm. because it, it's easy to do that. But that's a dumb theory. Who yeah. never said it? Shut up. <sighs> Not no no. Our theory was good. The person that said it about Get Out. Nice. Um, I was gonna say that TSA has never stopped a credible threat. I think that's true. Mm. I'm not saying it's just dog on TSA, but I but think people, like, ha- people have said it's a not a great way because it's just a preventative measure that has. Not yeah. Is it like the guy at Best Buy that. who checks your receipt? Like they're not going to stop someone from actually stealing, but they're going to prevent people from I wanting guess it's to steal. Preventative. Yeah. Also, I do want to say if anyone is a listener of our podcast that is a TSA. Person, give us a call. Give us a call. We'll yeah. I'll talk to you. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's an easy job. Tell us your thoughts on get out. If you felt exposed. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that TSA in New York is so intense. Yeah. So intense. Like they, they're, they'll actually yell at you. They should be like, put your bag up there. Get in line. Like it's, it's when you first, I know there's a lot of this. What is it about the people in New York and air travel that are so uptight? (laughs) When you first go through TSA with a baby, it's like the worst experience of your life. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. Dude, it's, it's wretched. Well, um, yeah, that is, it also takes away the trope of, uh, you know, the running at the airport. They don't, Mm. they can never get fully to the, to the 
uh, they never get fully to the gate. Mm-hmm. So they've had to adjust that trope in rom-coms. Right? And this was, they filmed it in O'Hare airport. Other like I love a good inside O'Hare airport because mm. yeah, you're Chicago. You're, you're Chicago. I'm a Chicago guy. Home Alone, also great uh, Chicago airport. One of the See? busiest airports in the world, right? Yeah, not, not the not, busiest. No, I think like Atlanta, Atlanta is bigger, Atlanta's busier now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a good romantic comedy set in Chicago. Yeah, appreciate I, it. The breakup. Yeah. It's outside though, because they're Sox people. So it, it quick quick question for both of you: Why do you think? Why at this point in time? Because we've seen other romantic comedies set in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Why Chicago? I have some theories, but why do you think these romantic comedies and movies like this are set in Chicago? Tax rebates. <laughs> I mean, it probably has to, yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like the reason movies are in Chicago is because of John Hughes somehow. Yeah, that, like, it could be. It's just whenever someone's like, we don't want New York or LA, then yeah. they just default go there. Yeah. I, I have no idea. What, I don't have theory? I don't have an answer. My theory is though what you said that they don't want New York or LA and Chicago gives you gives you the feel of big city but it's more all American. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's more like it's a city but the suburb is the city but yeah. it's also a big yeah. city where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. New York is such a like you're in New York. Mm-hmm. This is and LA is there yeah. Chicago is has culture but it feels just more Midwest. Like, it's Midwest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's um we should look at the like the list of cuz there's a lot of movies in Chicago that yeah. that it it always kind of has that feel that it's like um it's like you've got the subway but it's not the subway. Yeah. It's the L. Well, I feel like if you if you set a movie in you may have said this, I may be repeating exactly what you're saying, but LA has like a whole list of tropes. Like we've already seen it in Pretty Woman. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. have like there's whores everywhere and you have like the skaters and like the California bros. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and clueless. Yeah. Clueless, clueless yeah, too. Yeah. In New York, you have like the crazy people or the busy wall street bro yeah. or like the power business person. Yeah. And Chicago, you can like have the big city without those, without wanting those things, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like a little bit of it, like a little more of a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the food critics there, mm-hmm. you got to watch out for them because they'll well, just she, she they'll was, just announce you at the. She at wasn't their, in Chicago when she first when she got that thing. Yeah, where was she? I don't know. I think New York. It's possibly New York. Yeah, I feel like San Francisco is another city that's in a lot of movies because it's a beloved city, but is you're just thinking of Full House episodes. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I would like to talk about the karaoke scene i literally had that written down i i would like to talk i i would like to talk about it for two reasons one because i want to talk about it with you and then i i think there's a very interesting plot thing that happens there. biggest karaoke person i know yep totally. by far one story that i will tell about you that i might have told in this podcast one night is there was a night that you and i were going we had been out somewhere and we were both talking about how we were tired and needed to go home. And then we walked by, it was, it was the weekend of one of our friends, uh, like bachelor weekends before their wedding. And, uh, we walked by a place in Lower Side. We had already called a cab. We were on our way to walk to the cab. And then we walked by and we saw people doing karaoke and you just in kind of a panic went, um, I, uh, I'm going to go in. I'll see you later, man. Hey, get some rest. And then you walked in and then I went and got the cab that we'd ordered and you just left and went in to sing karaoke. 
Did he split the cab with you still? No. <laughs> no. All right. Um, I'm no. going to really put Are you, you on, fucking the, on the spot. Top three best karaoke songs of all time. Go. Not for you. Just you show up to a bar for anyone. Well, Don't Stop Believing is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I will, I will say that journey. Yeah. I will say that Bohemian Rhapsody, like when it's done, it's fun, but it is, I would say it's a little overdone at this point. And there's a little cockiness with like the length. Have you ever seen anyone do the growing pains theme song over and over again? You. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> show me that smile. Uh, show, show me, me that, that smile. smile. Don't waste another minute. Um, the best is ready to begin. <laughs> as long as we got each other. Out of my head TV songs make great karaoke. All the, by the time. Way. So, um, another one I won't. I will say that like has been removed from the list would be sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. It's great, but it's like, uh, so I'd say don't stop believing still holds up. I would say, uh, um, living on a prayer. Ooh, massive karaoke song. Yes. All right. So what are your go-tos? I try Macy Gray. Yeah, that's when I think of that song, I think of you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes this is like, this is the same with like stand up. You want to get like new material, but sometimes you rely on old material and you're like, man, it's already so good. I've tried to work on some new karaoke songs. And then I'm like, if I get nervous, there's a good crowd. Mm-hmm. I go back to Macy Gray and I'm just like, I know I'm about to hit it. <laughs> I know I'm about to knock this out of the park. Dude, it's like that, because, that woman who sang Missy Elliott. Yes. She just would do it like every, yeah. every week, four or five times a week. Is um, it worth it? Let me work. What's her name? Uh, you, we all know. The, yeah. We've all seen the video. Something white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's a uh, sassy white sister. Uh, yeah. Um, and then what would, what would like the last one be? I mean, I'm a huge, huge, huge. Oh, because you can get away with the length of this because there's two performers. So it's like two songs, but paradise by the dashboard light. I don't even know that song. I think that's a little niche. I gotta be no, honest. No, I don't know that song. I think it's a little niche. I think it works. Yeah, but I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's like a top ten standard. I saw someone. You and Harlan have done it together. Harlan, friend of the pod. Yeah, I. I say yeah, it's niche, but I'm talking to the karaoke heads out there. I'm not talking to everybody. You can't just the K, have the K because honestly, don't stop believing is going to be a bunch, a group of dumb bachelorettes that are like too drunk. I'm talking to people that are like committed to the cause. Um, I saw someone do "It's Raining Men." Hallelujah! That's once, good, and it was it was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Now, this when it comes to the movie, this is one. Paradise by the Dash realized eight and a half minutes long. I think if you don't nail that, you should be you should be banned from the banned. bar. Yeah, yeah. You just wasted a lot of people's time. But that's why there's two performers, so it's like two four minute songs. No. There's bad out of hell. It's is, one eight and a half minute song for everyone waiting to get up. If someone does bad out, of, wait—is bad out of hell have a girl in it too? I just like how he has it. He has his like double parts. It's so good. And also, I think you should just do. I would do anything for love. If you're gonna do a meatloaf song, do the one that do play the hits. I'm. I would submit that over Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Totally. Plus, the girl doesn't come in like till the end. Yeah. So if you plant them in the back of the bar, <laughs> there you go. Oh, also, this is what I would submit for a newer song, and I think this hits all the notes. One of the greatest recent songs ever made for karaoke, Stars Born Shallow. 
Oh, oh fucking murders. Oh. Has, there been, has there been a movie where the premise is two people who love karaoke? Like a bro comedy about two karaoke people? They're Cut this out. I wrote it. And I'm pitching it now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the reason I read a thing that was like the reason why there are not more karaoke movies, even like documentaries, because the rights, the rights it's yeah. so expensive. That makes sure. But I do think that would be. I mean, it, it would be so fucking good. You know, you know who had the the solution to that? Who? OMC. How bizarre. By the rights, how bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, what about the movie Sing, though? Sing is essentially. Uh, Sing is, I guess. And they could pay for it because yeah, it, it's, it's a very it's a expensive movie. movie. Yeah, totally. So so this is to the most unrealistic thing. At a karaoke bar, there would be no one that would shout down a, a person that sucked and say, you suck. They, multiple people are like, True. you suck. And it's like, that's. That Dude, I've been told at karaoke bars that I suck. But did people yell at it when you were singing? Yes. Yeah, but you're confident when you go up. She was nervous and... and That's true. Is there, but my friend Doug Kwame. But it is the true arc. The true arc of great karaoke performance is not vocal quality. It's passion mm. and it's and it's heart. Mm. You, the one, the bar that you used to, you used to go to here in New York, yeah. there were like, people would come up with like instruments and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there were some characters That's there. Good, didn't that guy come up with an inflatable? And that was the, there was a guy. That was the worst bar. Ever. <laughs> there's, there's never been a worse place. There was in a this guy. Country. There was a guy who would um, he would have an, an inflatable guitar, and he would hand Dude. it to someone in the audience, and he'd be like, and he'd be like, Dude. "Hey, yeah." Uh, be like, hey, uh, when it gets to the guitar solo, will you, will you just toss that to me, and then he would play. And this is in front of like 11 people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he had to like go to big lots and get an inflatable guitar <laughs> and then blow it up before me. Like, <sighs> and be like, this is for when I do Stevie Ray Vaughan later at the karaoke <laughs> bar. And they, yeah, there was like a cowbell there that they would have. It was the most fun night, but when, whenever people brought their own stuff, there's like, there's definitely a definite sadness to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but although I will say, sorry, wait, finish. No, no, no. I, I have a karaoke story about I, a friend and I, there used to be a karaoke place in, uh, they did karaoke at this restaurant in Charlotte, uh, where I'm from. And before I moved to New York, my friend and I went there one night and there were people that it was, they were very serious about it. And we planned this thing and we, we did beat it by Michael Jackson. Uh -huh. And I got up and did most of the song. I think I wore a glove you know, like a Michael Jackson sparkly glove. Yeah. But then when it got to the guitar solo, which if you're familiar with the Beat It music video. Great guitar solo. Yeah, great guitar solo. It's a famous guitar player. I forget. Is it Eddie Van Halen? Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. But uh, when it gets the guitar solo in the, um, we mimicked what happens in the video. My friend, unannounced, busted out of the bathroom in a Michael Jackson mask, walked on the stage, tied our hands together, and we had a switchblade fight on stage. That's awesome. And then we finished the song together. <laughs> we won the $150 karaoke prize, and the people were so pissed because every week they were really good singers, and they would come and compete, <laughs> and the good singers would win. But we proved the rule of karaoke. Like yeah. you said, that it's performance that wins. Funky yeah. White Sister. <laughs> funky White Sister. Funky that's, White Sister. That's funky her. White Sister. She was pissed. She was, she was well, pissed. Although she's um, performance, though. She's performance yeah. over technique we're we're gonna we're gonna steer away from karaoke what right did now. what did cameron diaz sing though i don't know it's uh i don't know what to do with myself yeah i like, just don't know what to do with myself yeah, yeah yeah and then what was the song at the beginning 
which I thought was interesting. We're not talking about karaoke anymore. No, no, it's you not know, karaoke. At the beginning of the film. Oh, uh, always a always a bridesmaid. Never. It was, oh, it was, it was like uh, the Andrew sisters type yeah, stuff. Yeah, we never did talk about this. the intro to this movie. Yeah, crazy. It's just like a. It's it's, it's like an a, old beat. Like, like an old sixties music video. Yeah, yeah. We we got to look up what the okay. song was. The um, point that I wanted to make about it real quick though is that karaoke about the scene of karaoke. Bro, we gotta move on from. Okay, here's the point. This is Julia Roberts. Kevin's just licking his lips. He wants to keep talking. This is Julia Roberts, just hardcore pitting, pitting, setting her up for failure. Yeah. And this is a great moment mm-hmm. when it starts to backfire on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she, yeah. when she's like, no, 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 no. Don't make her sing. And then she sets her up to sing. And then it's like, this poor girl can't sing yeah. at all. And then everyone gets on her side and it makes Dermot Mulroney fall more in yeah. love with her. And Julia yeah, yeah. Roberts is like, Damn it, I can't get it right. And you know, I, I want to talk about Julia Roberts in this movie because you mentioned something, Kevin. Like people had an issue with Tom Hanks gaslighting and and you've got mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts, not a fan of her in this movie, in the first so far movie. Major manipulative. Dude. Yeah. She's like, she's a fucking twisted puppet master. Probably a trash can of a food critic, too. Yeah. <laughs> She didn't have any floppy hats on. She didn't have a fake nose. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Showing up with her big smile. Yeah. Oh, I lost her, my Groucho her, Marx glasses. Yeah, her, well, then you're not a food critic. A pretty angular face eating that like rare lamb. Did her. She's a, she's a, like a complete animal in this movie so far. Totally. Manipulative, mean, cruel. And the guy is also kind of a douche lord. Like so guy. hot though. Her, yeah. her and Mick Jagger are the two hottest people I've ever seen. <laughs> They look very similar. <laughs> what? Yeah. Just their big mouths that look like, it looks like that, that their mouths are just so big, which is why they look so good. But they both have, you know, that, that filter on Snapchat or on Instagram that just makes the mouth yeah. look that, like, that's just the Dude, Julia Roberts. Julia, if you isolate a single feature of Julia Roberts, Some of it's that? like, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not attractive. But then put it together. Some of all the parts you're like, Wow. That works. Mr. Mrs. Roberts Tato head. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know I feel kind of like icky from this premise. Like I don't love him because mm. of how cruel he's being to um, Cameron Diaz's character. Like he's yeah. just like power flirting when he like busted on her, Julia Roberts changing into the bridesmaid dress. And he's like, Oh, I've seen you naked before. It's like, right, bro. You don't act like that. If you're about to get married to another woman. Right. Yeah. What? Whoa. Mr. Traditionalist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're like, unless your spouse is down with that sort of thing, but, um, no, and, and she, and like, and there's just something that like, this doesn't feel like a romantic comedy. This just kind of feels like, uh, like a, uh, I don't know. A heist. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's that we're in the beginning and that we're gonna... We've only watched a third of it. We've only... Yeah. We should say that we've only watched the first 35 minutes. Like when you think romantic comedies, you think of like, at least I do, like Julia Roberts, the fun, bubbly, like do gooder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of the villain so far in this movie. Well, also, I mean... Because Cameron Diaz in The Mask is like, va-voom. She's like Jessica Rabbit, you know? And... So that's what I was expecting when she's at first on screen, but she's incredibly uh, s- sympathetic. I think you're ready to be like, oh, and and she's 
she's really nice and she's really yeah. like, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and very accepting and open-minded to have like this knockout yeah. best friend of her husband. Yes, totally. She's like, oh, I want you to be my maid of honor. Yeah. Also, she drives very fast, very, and very fast. dangerously. And she's a, she's a, uh, super rich daughter she's like a Paris Hilton type except yeah there's but, a big but, she's, but she is sympathetic yeah there's a big uh 1997 theme of pretty women can't drive cars <laughs> between Alicia Silverstone and now Cameron Diaz yeah, exactly that's Dude, true we need to put up a YouTube expose on that yeah yeah I think it, I think that that theme is just called sexism in films yeah <laughs> I think that theme is just called truth based on my mom <laughs> It's like, yo, you got a crush on your mom. This isn't this. This is like, I had it in my notebook and I haven't wanted to do it on stage because I don't want the audience to turn on me. But I'm like, you know, a lot of times you get your like stereotypes from culture. And I was like, but also you get them from your family. And my stereotype based on my mom is they're the fucking worst drivers of all time. I think you should totally talk. My about mom's that. just That's like great. my mom two different times has just put the car in reverse and just backed into my dad's car because she didn't look behind. <laughs> and every time my mom hits a car, my you can just see my dad's, he's like just the blood drains from his face and he's just like, I could have paid my house off 10 years ago. <laughs> like it's fun. We'll get him on. We'll get him on. We'll call him in to talk about Dude, it. The battleship. The ba <laughs> call him the battle. She knows how to ride a battleship, but she doesn't know. How to ride oh, a gosh. Car. oh man. That's the one you shouldn't share on stage. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. Man. <laughs> Damn. We're the Bradshaw boys. Wow. That was over the line. Um, Woke moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I always, we have to change the setting that it, it should stop when we do that. But I think so far, I get what you're saying. This is a distasteful premise for a movie. Mm. But I'll say this again. And I've said it before with that, with some of the other movies, but that's where conflict comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's what's keeping you in the room in the theater to be like, whoa, I was going, I spent at that time, I spent 425 <laughs> to see Julie Roberts charm me. She's cute, but like I'm not a fan but, of her right now. They're like dollar theaters. Though? Oh, dude. I, I spent one dollar. Yes, there used to be dollar theaters. It yeah. was amazing. It was like a it was like a Does around this outside of New York. Are we just tainted? It's possibly they like, do you know, exist. There still are. There's probably like a five dollar theater somewhere. Man. Right in if you go to a dollar theater. Mm. Right in though. Put a stamp on it. Lick lick the stamp. The um even if it's a sticky one. But yeah, what do you think of it, Corey? Where are you at with this movie so far? I, I have to say, well, I, I'm with you in the sense that I'm like, it's creating some conflict that, that Julia Roberts, from, I was very surprised that from the first couple minutes, I was like, oh, we have our premise. She, her, she's in love with her best friend. It's, yeah. He's the one that got away and she's not going to let him get away. And mm -hmm. she is like, I'm on a mission. I got three days to break up a wedding. One big like red flag I see with her is when she was like, he gave me all these, this attention for the past eight years. And it's almost, I wonder where it's going. Yeah. I mean, are they going to end up in love? I don't know because she doesn't seem to like him for the right reasons. Yeah. Mm. She, you have all this time. Yeah. And then you're not, not even, you're not going to act on it, but it's like, she even says in it, she was like for eight years, like there's just something about it. Cameron Diaz aside that it's like, do you love this person for who they are? Cause right now I don't th yeah. think that you have an old rapport, but you know, lots of people have old rapports with people they date. 
Yeah. I, I was a little curious too, as to why they, uh, the breakup story that Julia Roberts gave was like, she, I think she wasn't, she, she got restless. She was like, I can't hold down a relationship. Yeah. And so then they had a, they had a talk and they both sort of realized it and then they kissed and they were best friends from, from then on. Yeah. So but I don't, they made, they made the blood pact. What was the blood pact again? They cut each other's hands or, or he cut his hand and her hand and they shook that if they were 20, uh, married, they would get married. Isn't it? Let's go back to the 28 thing. Isn't it funny? Like yeah. Laughed. It's funny that it was just like, man, if we make it to 28, <laughs> two years before we die, we got to get married. <laughs> what a, what a world that we've changed. And also the other thing we should talk about is the fact that in Cameron Diaz 20 and in college. Yeah. So Dermot Mulrooney, seven years is not a, it's not, I mean, like, that's not a huge thing, but at that time in your life, yeah, totally. If you're a 27 year old and you're dating like a junior in college, yeah, that's that's a big. There's a big, a lot of life that happens in those years. Yeah, yeah. But there's a big hit the rock derm. <laughs> <laughs> no, is he is he going for Sport Magazine covering college teams and then just dating juniors? Is that what he's doing? Yeah. Yeah. The, that's he's grooming. He is. He's he is. He's grooming hardcore. Yeah, Dermot Mulgroomy. It's so yeah. because none of the none of the main characters except for Cameron Diaz are likable at all right now. That's true. Like I don't I don't I don't like these characters. Mm. No, no. And like the other romantic comedies we've watched, I've liked both characters yeah. from the beginning. But maybe that's what this movie's about. Maybe they don't get together. I would feel really bad you don't, Cameron you're, Diaz if they get together. You don't think Cameron Diaz is likable? I feel like that's the twist of the movie right no, now. That she is. But yeah. Like if Julia Roberts and and Dormy McMurphy are. Yeah. What's his What is his name? Dorm Dormo McMuffin. Yes. <laughs> Mayor McCheese. Mayor. What's his name? Dermot Dormit, Dorman McMuffin. <laughs> Dermot Mulrooney. Okay. I can't remember that. I'm just going to go back to Dor Dor Dorman McMuffin. Dorman McStoogey. Um, <laughs> so Do you think we're going to find something out about Cameron Diaz where you're like, oh, wait a second. She's not likable. No, she's too young. She's too young to be. To that be, is true, like, actually. Too brutal. If they pull, if they like, if they come out in the third act, then she's like a horrible person. They, they just can't do that. Yeah. And that wouldn't make. What would it be? That wouldn't make Julie Roberts any more likable. What would, it be, what would it be to, to make Cameron Diaz unlikable? What, what, do you, what would it take? Anti-Semite? <laughs> Let's just throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, what? You don't want your boss to be my job? You work at a magazine. That's the media. Do you know who your boss is now? And he's like, what the fuck? Whoa, hang on. Whoa. She's like, listen, <laughs> I did not see that coming. She's just like hardcore. She's like, do you like my dress? And it's just a KKK outfit. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Okay. You're you know that you know that happens to people. That has to happen. Oh, that's gotta happen. Probably. That's that you're like dating for a while and then you find that find out someone's like horribly racist. Well, you guys well, it's not a racist thing, but like uh I mean, spoiler alert. But my girlfriend, but my, just exactly, <laughs> it's not a racist thing. However, this no, but like uh I mean spoiler alert if you haven't seen White Lotus, turn the podcast off. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. like there's a whole thing about there's a whole plot line about being like who did I marry? Yeah. You have to make the choice. Like, yeah. am I going to stay with this person or not? No, yeah. no, you're not going to stay with them. If I, if I got married to Katie and she was like horribly racist, I'd be like, peace. I'm out of here. And you find it on the honeymoon. Yeah. And would you get an annulment? Yeah. I need to share with you some texts that Katie sent me before <laughs> you guys met. 
Katie sends ter- Katie. I, mean, I think like at that point, you know that frog tattoo is Pepe on her back. <laughs> it's it's different. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's like we're we've been married for seven years now. We have a kid, so like mm-hmm. I'd be like, yo, you need to see counseling right now and yeah. figure this shit out. Right. But if you're like, I don't know, two days into your wedding and it comes out that they're like they have like the grand dragon and the KKK, you're like, fuck, no, you tricked me. I'm out. Wizard. Wizard. Whatever. What right? is Grand Dragon? Is that a chess thing? I don't know. It's okay. a it's a Chinese restaurant. Grand Dragon. I think it is. Um, yeah, no, I think I don't think they're going to do that with her. But yeah, there's lots of ways you could make. I mean, you could. F- I, she's so likable at this point. You could find out that maybe she's still. I, I think this is what's going to happen. I think that she will on her own volition remove herself from the relationship and find out it's not what she wants. Because that's even bummer, because then it, it doesn't make. Can, Julia Roberts' character, like it doesn't redeem her who she is now. She has to go through a redemptive arc because right now she's a shithead. I I like where we're at in this podcast because we need some, we need to figure out what happens in the movie. And I don't necessarily, we haven't been at this place yet. Yeah. That it's like, we want it to go on. This is like, you need, we need it to go on to figure out how you square the circle that we're in right now. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. So I guess it's a good conflict. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they made 300 million. Yeah. 300 go. mil on, on Darman, Darman McDuder. <laughs> um, but right. we will, we're, we're going to be watching the second part of uh, my best friend's wedding in the next podcast. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. Check out our Patreon to hear Come Pretty on, Woman. Come on. Let's uh, Pretty Woman. Get on the Patreon. Absolutely. And also... We stopped at minute 35. So if you want to follow along yeah. with us, watch the movie. We're watching them like TV shows because mm-hmm. we wouldn't have this conversation at all. That's true. true. That's true. You know, uh, Kevin also on Patreon is going to record his, he's going to record Macy Gray's. Uh, uh, you should video. absolutely do yeah, that. Yeah. Put it up there. 100%. Yeah. Do you have just, a video of it? Just put it on the Patreon. Yes, yeah, I will. Cool. And if not, let's just do it in this room. We should totally with do that. this camera. Games changes and fees. Should we do a should we do like a Zoom karaoke podcast yeah. sometime? 100%. Great. Yeah. Everyone right, cool. knows I'm coming with the I'm coming with Growing Pains theme song. <laughs> I'm coming with Perfect Rise and Fall perfect on the Wings of My Dreams. Stand in. I don't know that the lyrics so good though. In the room that dreaming of you. Say it, sing it out there with us. I'm dreaming of you, man. But I keep my cool. My way feeling. <laughs> All right. I try. Later, taters. Later, taters. Bye. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.